It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast here for a weekend edition. A little bit different today. Skipped Friday just because we had a lot going on with the trade deadline show. So I'm making up for it today with a weekend episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. We're going to talk about, of course, Joey Votto because he keeps banging. He keeps hitting home runs and he has a chance for even more history today. And Sunday, depending on today, but let's just focus on Saturday for Joey Votto's sake. Plus, I want to talk about Jonathan India. He was the star of that game, despite Joey Votto continuing to hit home runs and Sonny Gray as well. And I want to talk about Rich Hill ahead of tonight's game. Before we get into all of that, though, I want to go ahead and play that graphic. <laughs> The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, here on this weekend edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. We have a lot to talk about because Joey Votto keeps banging. Jonathan India keeps being awesome. Sonny Gray proved a tweet that I had completely wrong. And we've got some previewing stuff to do tonight for Reds-Mets game two. And we got a couple of crafty left-handers going up against each other. Before we get into all of that, though, I wanted to let you know you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You got it right there on my uh, little thing down there at the bottom right. You can also, well, I guess bottom left, depending on how you look at it, whatever. You can also follow the show at Locked On Reds and make sure that you're subscribed right here on the YouTube channel and you follow me on your favorite podcasting app. That way you don't miss anything that I've got for you about this Reds team because they're set up for an interesting stretch run. They didn't go crazy on the trade deadline. There were no moves made by the Reds after they traded for Michael Gibbons a little bit before the deadline day action began for everybody else. We'll talk about that a little bit on today's show as well. But I want to start with Friday night's game because that was fantastic. And a little bit of chronologicalness because Sonny Gray, uh, he struggled there in the bottom of the first inning. And I had a tweet that said, oh, he don't he doesn't look right tonight. Doesn't look like he is uh, going to have a good night tonight. And of course, everybody blew that up because Sonny Gray proceeded to settle down and he didn't allow another run. He allowed that home run and then loaded the bases there in the first inning. And you're thinking, oh boy, this is going to be another struggle of a night. But then he gives the Reds six good innings. And then you see Michael Lorenzen come back, looks completely healthy, pitches a perfect seventh. Michael Gibbons allowed a couple of base runners in the eighth, but kept the scoreboard clean. And Amir Garrett, after the Reds pretty much put the game out of hand, came in the ninth inning, did give up a couple of hits and a walk and a run. But overall, the Reds get the win. And how about Joey Votto extending the Reds all-time franchise record for most consecutive games with a home run to seven, lucky number seven, plus he has a shot to tie the major league record that was last uh, made by Ken Griffey Jr. He was a Mariner when he did it, but back in 1993, he also have... um, 
uh, Don Mattingly and um, I'm blanking on the other guy's name there, but three guys have done it. And you're now looking to see if he can tie it. And what would happen if he sets that record? I mean, if you had any doubt in your mind coming into this season, whether Joey Votto was a hall of fame player, I think you should be uh, not doubting that anymore. He is absolutely a Hall of Famer. He is doing everything that you want him to do to kind of solidify that uh, candidacy there. He is absolutely going to be enshrined in Cooperstown once he retires. But we're not worried about that because that's going to be whenever Jeff is really sad. And whenever he retires, I'm going to be very sad about that. But right now, we're just having fun watching him play some baseball. But how about? Jonathan India, three hits last night, a double and two home runs. He leads off the game with a home run. He hits another one later on in the game, even at a walk. He was on base four times last night. I mean, you know, two of them, he rounded the bases, but whatever. That was a fantastic performance. And he continues to show now with his batting average up above 281, he absolutely deserves a lot more run than he's getting for the NL rookie of the year. They keep talking about Trevor Richards. They keep talking about Dylan Carlson. They keep talking about Ian Anderson. He's better than all those guys. I don't care. I know Trevor Rogers has had a pretty fantastic year so far as pitching is concerned. I think Jonathan India has been that much better. He's an everyday player. He means more to his team than Trevor Rogers does to the Marlins. I know that NL Rookie of the Year is really more of an individual-based performance, so we're not looking at how much they mean to their teams, but even individually, in a vacuum, Jonathan India is much better than any other NL rookie, and I firmly believe that. I'll fight anybody who says otherwise. Anyway, just wanted to put that out there. Plus, you had nice performances from the boy. It's just nice to see when the Reds go to the bullpen. We're not losing our minds anymore. And plus three runs in the top of the ninth helps. But it was awesome to see Michael Lorenzen coming back healthy. He put on Instagram. He said, I'm back this time for real. Thanks for the prayers. Thanks for all the good thoughts. And it was awesome to see him back out there looking good as well. I, I thought the move to send Tony Santion down only made sense in the, the explanation of, well, he has options and other guys don't. Tony Santion is better than Sean Doolittle. I think he's probably better than Brad Brock as well. I just don't understand. And, and Jeff Hoffman, too. I don't understand the need to hold one of those guys. I, I think out of all three of those guys, Sean Doolittle is the easiest to move on from. What are we really saving here if we're sending Tony Santion down so that Sean Doolittle can stay on the roster? Maybe there's clubhouse. I saw that tweet. Maybe there's some kind of clubhouse dynamic with Sean Doolittle. Maybe he is a leader in the clubhouse. But honestly, most teams don't have bullpen guys as leaders in the clubhouse. It's just not a thing. Like normally the reliever goes in, does their thing, gets out. That's what they do. It's the position guys, it's the starters, things like that. So I don't know. I, I think we'll see Tony Santian uh, sooner rather than later, but. I just didn't expect that move there in the grand scheme of things. I kind of expected Sean Doolittle to be on his way out. Anyway, a good game for the Reds to start off the series in New York with a win. We'll see if they can get the series win tonight. We're going to talk about Rich Hill here in a minute. I've got some more thoughts about that rookie of the year thing coming up. Before we jump into that, though, I want you to jump into a built bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market, bar none, because it is made with 100% real chocolate. Plus, the stats are amazing. We're talking about less than four grams of sugar, less than four grams of net carbs, and 
up to 18 grams of protein. And they got amazing flavors like my favorite, Cherry Barcia. They've got coconut. They got peanut butter brownie. They got strawberry, raspberry, orange. If you like the fruit flavors, they've got all kinds of that going on this summer. Check them out today at BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% off your next order. And that is on the amazingly delicious Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. I swear by it. You're not going to take a bite and be like, oh, this is cardboard. This has no taste to it. It has a weird mouthfeel. It's got great mouthfeel because it's all 100% real chocolate and amazing flavors as well. Check them out today. BuiltBar.com. And use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the amazingly delicious and the specifically nutritious built bar all right jonathan india has and i mentioned it in the first segment he's absolutely made his case for nl rookie of the year there there are so many different articles that come out whether it's from major league baseball whether it's from bleacher report whatever doing rookie power rankings and the the most recent one that i saw from major league baseball had and they were including al rookies in there as well like adolis garcia and guys like that they had jonathan india ranked 10 I think that is a complete miss by Major League Baseball. He is far better than 10th in the Major Leagues. We can debate the American League rookies and things like that, but as far as the National League goes, he is the top rookie. He's better than Dylan Carlson. He's got a better OPS than Dylan Carlson. He's a better hitter for my money. He is more uh, He's more smart. I could say that better. I could be more smart, but he has definitely got a better eye at the plate. He has longer at bats. He is a much larger problem for opposing pitchers at the plate than Dylan Carlson. And I think he has just had overall better performances and created more value individually than Trevor Rogers has. Now Rogers is on the IL right now. So it's one of those weird things where you're comparing a guy. And so is Ian Anderson, a guy that Jonathan India is also better than, but they're both on the IL. So it's kind of like one of those things, like how can you compare a guy who's hurt to a guy who's playing right now? I compare it easily. I think availability should be in this. If Jonathan India, hopefully fingers crossed, knock on wood, all that good stuff finishes this year without dealing with an injury. How do you knock him for that? How do you look at Trevor Rogers and Ian Anderson and say, well, they had good ERAs whenever they pitched and they had some good stats. Had they pitched more, they probably would have won the rookie award. So we'll give one of them the award. That should not be the case. Jonathan India has been healthy all year. He's been mashing all year. He has been fantastic all year, whether it's in the field. Sure, he makes some rookie mistakes like overrunning bases and things like that. But those are things that are going to get ironed out with more playing time. We've already seen it. He's made phenomenal double play turns and really awesome just taking routine plays and making them so very easy. I am absolutely 100% comfortable with keeping him at second base for like his entire career. Like the Reds have figured out second base now, and, and they did it with a third baseman. I think they were hoping they would do that at shortstop too, but that's a whole nother segment. Jonathan India has been an absolute revelation this year as a rookie, and I feel like he's being completely disrespected by the national media. They just they look at him and they say, well, he plays for Cincinnati, so we don't know much about him. So let's pick Trevor Rogers. I don't know how that works. I mean, do more people really watch the Marlins than the Reds? That's kind of a strange comparison. And then you look at Dylan Carlson. He's the youngest dude on the Cardinals. He takes their average age and brings it down by like 10 years because everybody else is old. 
bunch of geriatric baseball players there in St. Louis. So yeah, sure. They're really excited about it because at least the Cardinals have one future position player. Everybody else might retire next month. That's probably why people fawn over Dylan Carlson. Plus he's got that whole like extra, um, rookie eligibility that he's rolling with Jonathan India came up this year started his major league career this year was asked to play second base which was not a position that he I mean he played a little bit of it in the minors but they were playing him mostly a third base in the minors now he is the best rookie in the National League and I think that if he continues on the pace that he's at and he is not handed whatever the trophy I don't know what the you know rookie of the year trophy looks like But if he is not handed a trophy by the end of the season by Major League Baseball as the best rookie in the National League, then that is a complete swing and miss, which we all know Major League Baseball is pretty good at doing. So, yeah, that's what I think. I think you probably agree with me. If you don't agree with me, if you're listening to a Reds podcast and you don't agree that Jonathan India should be rookie of the year, I'd like to hear from you. Let me know on the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159, or hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at the show at Lockdown Reds. I just think it's a given. I, I think it is elementary. I don't think it is that much of a discussion. I think Jonathan India is absolutely supposed to be the NL Rookie of the Year based on the performances that he's put on the field. I mean, when you start off the season hitting in the bottom of the lineup and just tearing things up, and then all of a sudden your manager trusts you enough to put you in the leadoff spot your rookie year, and then you take that and you run with it, and you've got like the highest on-base percentage out of the leadoff spot that the Reds have had in the last decade, and you're talking about a over a 280 season average. You look at his average from the leadoff spot, it's like over 300, I think. Plus, he's still hitting home runs. He's still got great slugging out of the leadoff spot. His OPS is amazing. I don't know where the argument is. He is the NL Rookie of the Year. And uh, yeah, so now you know my point on that matter. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about Rich Hill. We're going to talk about game two of this series. Hopefully the Reds can get a series win tonight in New York. Before we jump into that, though, I wanted to let you know that you can still take advantage of this introductory offer at betonline.ag today and enter the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. BetOnline.ag has great lines when it comes to Major League Baseball, NFL futures. You can take a look at season game win totals, things like that. They've got uh, Olympic sports if you want to bet on that, soccer as well, plus reality TV and all of that great stuff if you want to check out that. That's at BetOnline.ag. And from time to time, I'll give you a tip. Tonight, I'm feeling it. I think he's going to do it. I think Joey Votto is going to become the fourth player ever to hit a home run in eight consecutive games. Plus, you can go in. So what you do is you you check out the game, the Reds and the Mets, and you click on like the player props and things like that. You can do what they call player performance doubles. So if you bet on Joey Votto to hit one or more home runs and the Reds to win, that's a, that's a little line that you'll see there at betonline.ag. It's at plus 570. I think the Reds are going to win, and I think Joey Votto is going to hit a home run, so I think you should join me too in taking that plus 570 for Joey Votto to tie history and for the Reds to win tonight's game, which would give them the series win as well. That's betonline.ag. Set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit and put a couple of bucks on Joey Votto to hit one or more home runs and the Reds to win at plus 570. 
All right. Game two tonight. Wade Miley is on the mound. His last start wasn't super impressive, but let's be honest. He's been so consistently good all year. He was due for one of those. So I think he's bouncing back tonight. He's going to pitch pretty well against this Mets lineup. And you've got Rich Hill on the mound. Both guys are pretty similar. Now, Wade Miley does have a faster average fastball velocity, not by much, but it is faster. But both are crafty lefties that try to pitch to weak contact and try to make the hitter get themselves out. When you look at Rich Hill on the whole, he doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. Now, he's not in the top percentile. When guys hit them, He they do hit pretty well. But on the whole, his ERA at 3.95 isn't really that unlucky or lucky or anything like that. He is a solid average major league lefty, i.e. the one thing that really throws this lineup into consternation. This is going to be an interesting matchup tonight because when you look on paper, the fact that his average fastball velocity for a four-seam fastball that he throws 46% of the time is only 88. Like, okay, Joseph Daniel's going to crush. Jonathan India is going to crush. Jesse Winker's going to crush all of this stuff. And I know Jesse Winker's kind of had a tough year against lefties. His splits have come back to where they were a couple of years ago where lefties dominate him. I think he's going to get a hit tonight, though, off of Rich Hill. Rich Hill really mixes it. He's got a lot of pitches. The two things he throws the most is the four-seamer and also his curveball. His curveball comes in around 72 miles an hour, so it's slower than anything, but he throws it for strikes, which is going to get some dudes. Hopefully they are ready, and they know the scouting report on Rich Hill coming over from the Rays to the Mets, so they understand, because they've seen him before a couple of years ago, but so they understand when they see that curveball, it's not going to dive out of the zone like a lot of guys do. He tries to get it in there for a strike, and then he mixes it in with that high four-seamer. The other three or four pitches, he has a six-pitch mix. It's just he doesn't throw the other four a whole heck of a lot. He does have a changeup. He only throws to right-handers. He's got a cut fastball, a sinking fastball that he likes to mix in as well, and a slider. I don't know, just uh, for funsies, but he does have a 46% whiff rate on that slider. He just doesn't throw it very often, and he only throws it to lefties. He's thrown like 19 to right-handers, according to Baseball Savant, but it's mostly a pitch for left-handers. This is a matchup tonight that I think the Reds can take advantage of. Now, I know we always have that caveat that the Reds against league average left-handed pitchers seem to struggle, but I really think that the Reds have a nice matchup tonight against Rich Hill. So they've got a chance to win this series. Joey Votto's got a chance to make history, and us Reds fans have another chance to be happy. The only problem is the Brewers continue to play well. They dominated Tuki Toussaint and the Atlanta Braves last night, and so every win that the Reds continue to get continues to be washed away. So the Reds have made up no ground in the NL Central despite having a pretty good week of baseball. We'll see if that uh, can change any at all as we come up this week because, I mean, we're looking ahead at this red schedule as they get done with New York. In New York, they're going to move on, and uh, we've been talking about this schedule getting a little bit better for the Reds. They actually have an off day on Monday. This is uh, something that is unheard of because – when you talk about the Reds <laughs> leading into the All-Star break, it was nothing but game, 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 game. Then they're back at home. They've got the Twins, which is going to be interesting to see if they can take advantage of just those two games. 
And then they have the Pirates. They got the Pirates coming to town for four games. Those are six. I mean, I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse here, but if they can win this series in New York against the team who, yes, they're on the top of their division in the NL East, but it looks shaky. Like if the Reds were in the NL East right now, I think they would be ahead. I, I, there's a couple of difference in games. The Reds have one more loss, but they also have one more win. So I, I don't know if win percentage would be a factor in there, but the Reds would pretty much be right there with the Mets in first place. And they're showing that, yes, they did have a really tough series against them in Great American Ballpark, but the Reds can play with the Mets and the Reds are a pretty solid team as well. So if they win this series and then they go into next week with six very winnable games against the Twins and the Pirates, and maybe they go 6-0 and next week, they really put the pressure on the Brewers who, yeah, they went and they got Eduardo Escobar, but their biggest move I still think was back when they got Willie Adamas. So it wasn't as if they had to make any big splash moves on deadline day like the NL West did. But I, I, I still think that the Reds are in this wholeheartedly, especially if they get that win tonight. We'll see what happens as they've got a night game. New York Mets and the Cincinnati Reds on Saturday night baseball. It's going to be interesting to watch. We'll talk more about this on Monday. We'll recap the series, hopefully a winning one, and we'll talk more about the Reds' prospects ahead of the uh, of the season kind of winding into the stretch run. We are I, – I always – kind of lose track of days when it comes to after the trade deadline. Cause I think it's the dog days of summer, but then also some people call it the stretch run, even though there's like 59 games, 58 games left. It's going to be interesting to see how the reds can capitalize, but that'll do it for us here today on the locked on reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening and watching here on YouTube. If you're not already subscribed, make sure you hit that button. Also follow me on your favorite podcasting app, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. But as for me and the Locked On Reds podcast, this weekend edition, thank you so much. I'll talk to each and every one of you. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.